Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of BG Banter in the Carry Y studio. I'm here with Grace McCabe. Hello. And it is Friday, March 3rd, 2023, 3-3-2-3. And we're going to be talking about two films that are currently on streaming services. The first being Megan or Mithrigan, which is the very popular Blumhouse horror film that came out in January, as well as EO, a very acclaimed international film that is nominated at this year's Oscars. And we're going to begin with Megan, or as the title says, it's spelled out with a three, so I guess we could call it Mithrigan. Um, Megan was directed by Gerard Johnstone and written by Akella Cooper. It was produced by um, James Wan and Jason Blum, best known for various universal horror films of the past like 10 years. Stars Allison Williams, Violet McGraw, and Ryan Ching. And the plot of Megan, it's about this robotics engineer for a toy company who creates this lifelike doll that named Megan, and it takes on a life of its own, and it's it's a very weird movie, that's for sure. I, there's so much to talk about with this, and what did you think? Well, up until moments ago, I kind of was a fan. You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my theater experience uh, until I was just informed by Matthew that it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, so now I'm... I don't know why. <laughs> now I'm all, uh, I'm changing my tune a little bit, I think. This is happening as we speak. Yeah, so Megan, Megan was a movie that when, when it was being advertised, I remember seeing trailers for this when it was getting, it was about to come out, and at first I was like, this has to be a joke. Like, there's no way this is a real movie. The trailers have a lot of emphasis on the doll, Megan, which is honestly not a bad design. It's like, it looks, mm-hmm. it looks kind of hu- really human-like, but also not really. It veers into, like, the uncanny valley, and I knew that was, like, an intentional choice. Like, it doesn't look great, but it's not supposed to. But then it starts doing like TikTok dances, and then there's like this whole ominous horror tone, like they're trying to pull off like a Chucky type vibe. It's like, what is this movie trying, like, going for? And so I was like, you know, I'm probably just not going to see this in theaters. I'm not really interested. Until I heard the Rotten Tomato score, that's when I got intrigued. I eventually didn't end up seeing this in theaters because there was other stuff I wanted to see at the time. But it's streaming on Peacock Premium right now, it came out recently. And so I gave it a watch, and I was not impressed in the slightest, unfortunately. <laughs> That's diplomatic. Yeah, and it's oddly disappointing, because when I really sat and thought about it, what Megan tries to go for thematically is really, really interesting. This is a story, basically, um, it tries to be this like social critique of technology, and especially with like AI recently, with like ChatGPT and like all these other AI generators. This could have been a really interesting critique on like how AI overtakes overtakes us in a way or how it becomes more sentient and how um, children's relationships with toys creates like this weird bond, so to say, that a human can't really replicate. There's a lot of interesting ideas that could have been explored, but they didn't do that. They tried to go down more of a campy horror route and it doesn't that doesn't work either. So and on top of all that, it tries to be like a family drama surrounding like a death in the family, because basically um, I guess we could go into minor spoilers. The movie's been out for a while. The, the main girl, um, or the kid, her name's Katie, and she lives with Allison Williams, who is her aunt, because her parents died in a car accident. It's, like, the very first scene of the movie, too. And, like, she's, de- she's clearly dealing with, like, this loss and grief and all that. But then, and then, but then once the, the Megan doll is introduced, then it becomes, like, really happy, but then it goes down a horror route, but there's, like, no horror elements. 
it tries to be action and sci-fi it tries to be a social critique a tiktok it's just like there's no directional focus with this movie at all which is crazy because so weirdly a lot is going on in this 102 minute long movie but it's not fulfilling i feel like it doesn't succeed at anything it tries to throw throw against the wall and what you're left with is not a very satisfying experience like emotionally it's not very thrilling it's not exciting it's just really really dull and overall disappointing unfortunately yeah you brought up a lot of different avenues that it could have gone down i frankly wasn't really expecting much from it um i kind of was going in i mean didn't look great yeah from the trailers didn't look great um so i was just you know expecting a, a bit of a romp you know just a bit of a time in the theater um and i went and it was myself and my friend and two groups of adults and they were somber they were silent during the the movie and we were you know chuckling and chortling as one does uh but they were not reacting to it in the way that i thought the movie wanted them to um but i don't know there were some parts of it i was hoping for cheekiness yeah uh, and i you know the i guess not that much spoiler the titanium i did think was funny I enjoyed that but the dancing not so much and I don't really know what exactly separates the two in terms of you know being kind of cringe slash annoying but I, I did enjoy the titanium yeah. the dancing was too much for me and, and that's the thing like Ma Megan has garnered a really really positive horror film reception which I find very baffling as stated by Grace well not only is it not scary but so it's currently sitting at 93% based on 300 <laughs> critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes which averages out to a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. For reference, The Lighthouse, which is considered one of the greatest horror films of the past, of the 21st century, sits at a 90%. This is higher than The Lighthouse. This is higher than Nope. It's probably higher than Hereditary and Midsummer. So it's crazy. It, it's really, really strange. And like, I'm not, I look at Rotten Tomatoes not to judge whether or not I want to see a film, just mm -hmm. as a curiosity. Like, does, is this like what the majority of people think? Like, that's why I look at it as like an aggregate, which is what it is. And I don't understand why it's so high because, okay, if you were to judge this as a camp film, I don't even think it works in that regard because it's not funny though. Like the, the I think the Titanium is pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't. I was more just questioning stuff. That's the thing. Yeah. Like the intended jokes, because this movie does try to be like kind of funny in terms of like the dialogue. Mm. That's not funny. No. It tries to be so bad it's good at some point with like the movement of the doll or like the one scene when she's like grabbing the ear of the kid mm -hmm. that's not funny no like all oddly enough the stuff that's funny was stuff that clearly wasn't trying to be funny like the the acting for example yeah. horrible terrible horrible acting which is unfortunate because um allison williams who played rose rose armitage in get out mm -hmm. is very very good and she's also in the hbo show girls which i haven't seen but i've heard she's good in that it's clear that she's talented but she had she delivers every single line like with the same like bland emotion. That's like that goes for every character regardless of age. Like the same with the girl to Katie. And then there's some that are like really really over the top. Like the employees of the toy company, like the CEO for example. Yeah. But just there's there's no like consistency to anything. It's so inconsistent in terms of like how we want to deliver emotion, what story we want to tell. And above all, it's just not well directed. Mm -hmm. It's not a great story to begin with. But it's even War, it's worse because it's directed so poorly. Yeah, it makes me wonder what he said to each of the, you know, what direction he gave them, because it seems to be all over the place. It, it, it is, and 
and like I really really like camp like campy movies like mm-hmm. I love those so bad it's good type movies like The Room or Birdemic or even something that is intentionally cam- campy like Batman 1966 this TV series but those at least I think know what they're trying to go for like especially Batman 66 you know right away that you're not supposed to take it seriously and if they were to approach Megan like that from from the beginning just be like shut your brain off have fun with us go along with the ride like fine but it doesn't do that it tries to go for the emotional core like oh we're trying to tug at the heart dream of like how this girl's like grieving with like family death and stuff and just like this feels really out of place in a movie where the doll like comes to life mm-hmm. and all that yeah it's very strange yeah did i there was i'm trying to think if there's something that i particularly enjoy i do I do like the design of the doll, and I mentioned that before, because the doll does not, not a convincing look at all, but it has, like, this, the way the, the face is designed, like, the way she moves, too, it, it's very unnatural, it's like, because, you know, I don't know what the term is called, but there's, it's kind of like how people have these phobias of, like, inanimate objects moving, or, like, things that move, like, awkwardly, mm-hmm. that, that carries over in the design and look of the Megan doll. And yeah, that's something I I enjoyed. I personally, I think my favorite part was when she was going after the the boy. She's like rolling around on the ground, (laughs) inhumanly fast. Yeah, she she has like she runs like super quickly Mm -hmm. at times, and something about it. Some some parts of it worked for me. Some parts of them didn't. Definitely not the acting, though. That was one of the parts that did not work. It, it really just ta- it kind of takes you out of it in it the end. And I think, too, it's just like the movie as a story, it somehow, it's paced also really poor. Mm-hmm. Too. Like, it takes forever for the movie to get started. It establishes that Allison Williams has to um, deliver like this project, a separate project from the Megan doll. Because well, she's trying to get the Megan doll like, operational, but just cancer is like, okay, is this technologically possible? How do we push the envelope of technology while somehow not like destroying our reputation in the process? There's like, they're like down in the dumps basically. And then she realizes that with the connection that the Megan doll has to the girl, it's like, okay, this, because there is that connection, this can work. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of goes on from there. From the, by that point, it's just like, the movie doesn't really tell a story. It just goes through beat, like beats. Yeah. Yeah, it does set up, you know, like her had suddenly becoming a parent and having to parent this child that's going through grief and the child is, you know, being a brat, understandably. Um, but yeah, you're right, it doesn't really explore I, anything you past know, that. They have some kind of stilted conversations there's some about really it, stilted, There's really stilted conversations in terms of, like, how the two of them play off with, like, the more emotional beats. Like, I never really believed that they were... I think one problem is, like, if this movie's trying to go a lot with the sense of, like, grief and death, they don't show that well with the characters at all. Like, you never get the sense that, like, maybe because Allison Williams is, like, under so much stress already with her job, maybe it's just, like, that's, like, her life is already just so stressful. But, like, even that's, like, your sister just died. Like, yeah. And it's, like, I get it. Maybe, she seems AI-ish, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So, like, not everyone's, like, relationship with, like, siblings is perfect. I understand that. But even if you don't have the healthiest relationship, and I guess I can't speak for myself. I don't have any siblings. But if a family member passes, regardless of your connection, you mm-hmm. still feel, like, some sense of grief, like, in, in a way. And she does not show that at all. She treats it like it's a regular day. And it mm-hmm. re- I don't understand. Which sets her up to be, like, a villain. 
Well, that makes sense to be a villain, but just like, why, if she doesn't care, why should I care for these characters? That's if true. the main character doesn't show any sort of, like, grief or guilt to, like, anything that's happening, where is my emotional investment as an audience member? I just feel like we're watching this. At least the, at least the, the kid um, shows that somewhat better, because she's a kid. Her freakout was, I was impressed by which, it. I thought it was good acting. Which one? In the, I don't know. This is spoilers in the room, like in oh, the, in the like practice the, room, the the um the test the yeah. test chamber I guess we could call it. I don't think that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, it's like where they observe. There's just like there's there's some scenes that are just like really really corny too. Like when Megan and Katie have that connection with like the focus group, and then the focus group people start like crying. It's mm. just like why? <laughs> it's like is it really that emotional? Like I get this is a marvel of technology, but mm. it just there's it's just. Uh, but we're going to transition to a quick grant spot and be right back with more Bijou Banter. Welcome back to Bijou Banter. We are continuing our conversation on Megan. And where, where did we leave off? We left off with the focus group. Mm-hmm. The forced emotional. The forced emotions. And there's, let's talk about the horror elements because this is, this is marketed. What's the genre on the Wikipedia? This is a science fiction horror film. The science fiction angle does indeed work because this is about AI and technology. The horror elements don't work because they're, first of all, they're very few and far between. Like there's not a lot of horror stuff. If anything, when it gets to more horror, it's, it feels more like an action film, especially in the climax. Mm-hmm. The buildup to it is like really, really lame. Though like, especially when you, when you hear the story, even if you've never seen the trailer for it, it's very obvious where it's going. Yeah. And not that every horror film or film has to like reinvent the wheel these types of tropes but it's to the point where it's like not interest it's not interesting build up because it just seems like they're killing time another thing that's worth mentioning about this movie that i recently found out is that it this is rated pg-13 it's supposed to be rated r and you can tell it's supposed to be rated r because it's really poorly edited in terms of like the profanity and violence like there's one cut where they're they're about to drop a the F word, but they didn't, they obviously didn't say it, but you can see like the lip movements. Still, it's like, it was clearly dubbed over and apparently they had to do reshoots for this movie because of, they wanted to get that PG-13 rating. And there's some parts where it's like, it feels like it should be a lot more violent, but it isn't like, like the part with the, the kid in his ear, because basically mm-hmm. um, to give context, they're like this, I don't even know what it is, it's like some sort of like, not even like summer camp, but it's like an outdoor class of some kind. And then this boy is like bullying Megan because, I don't know, she looks weird. And then Megan, because she's sentient, grabs the kid's ear and like pulls it back. And like, it looks like it's made out like silly putty. It looks really, really (laughs) silly. Maybe that was intentional. But you would think that there would be like, once she rips the ear off and it's like, there's blood. But it's like, it's not gushing blood or anything. Like, I've never seen anyone pull an ear off, but I'd assume there'd be a lot of blood just because it's so close to your cranium. And so it's just, it looks unnatural. It's kind of like how Marvel movies, when there's violence, but there's no blood, mm-hmm. it's like so obviously cut down. I, like I still think of the one scene in Black Panther, the original, like someone's throat basically gets slit and there's no blood. Really? It's just, it's like, why? It's so lame. <laughs> not a lot of payoff in any respect. No, in this movie. not a lot of payoff. There's, there's a lot of, sort of build up that is only it just feels like stuff happens just because the plot needs it to happen it's not really in service of a story yeah a different i don't know if we're allowed to talk about other movies but a yeah, different movie that just you know came out semi recently 
that I wouldn't rave about, but really got me, you know, jumping in my seat, smile. Oh, you like that, smile? That one, I, I liked like, it. I didn't like smile. Well, personally. I liked it because it, it did scare me. Um, I can't say the same for this one. Yeah, per- personally, I know we're, it's sort of off topic, but smile did not scare me, I'll be really? honest. I thought it was no. kind of goofy. I'll, I'll be totally honest. Is it, would, we, can't, we can't all be strong and stoic. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but like, like I don't, I will at least give Megan this. I don't think its entire, its goal for horror was to scare you. Mm-hmm. If you want something that was like legitimately scary, yeah, then go watch Smile or um, Skin of a Rink instead. If you want something that would actually like terrify you. The problem is that it's not funny though. It's like, this is a horror comedy and it's not funny. Mm. Like that's, that's a big, big problem. And Personally, I know I mentioned this earlier, I would have really, really loved if they went more into the social commentary because people were praising the satirical elements of the movie, but I don't, I'm a little confused as to why because it's not only extremely surface level, but it seems like they didn't even go much further than like the basic idea. Mm-hmm. Because especially with like, like with toys, like toys are now deeply connected with like iPhones and iPads and stuff like my cousins, when they were younger, like most of the time when they would play with like toys, they would also have like their iPad by them and like watch like YouTube channels. So that connection between like technology and like toys that don't require that is a really interesting angle. But regardless of any of that, there is still that connection that comes from toys. We know they're not real. Toys aren't real. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not like Toy Story, but like that is an interesting way to look at how a child can hand, like can in a way it almost be like self therapy from as a distraction from the horrors of like real life like death and all that but they don't explore that it's just it's a really really missed opportunity because there is a great idea on here right here that is waiting to be explored so yeah do you do you have anything else i don't think so i didn't love it (laughs) you didn't love it should i give my rating i mean I i guess we could because i really I really don't have a lot else to add because I'll, I'll I'll just preface in case you can tell I'm not a fan of this movie, but it doesn't it doesn't give me a lot to like talk about really mm-hmm. because it's not a very super it's not a super interpretive movie. Not every movie has to be. Not every movie has to be Sam Synecdoche, New York, or being John Malkovich. But there's not a lot of stuff here that gives me a lot to talk about. It's just it's simply a bad movie. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's just not very good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we could get into ratings. So, would you, or final thoughts? Might hit it with a, with a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably, probably give this a Mithrigan out of 10. Oh, so yeah, three. Well, there you go. That was not intentional. I, ju- I genuinely do think this is <laughs> 3 out of 10. Um, not, not a good movie, mostly because it just, it boils down to disappointment. Mm-hmm. I was... I was really expecting, I guess, something more than what we got with this movie. It seems like we're in the minority because a lot of people really, really like it. The critic score says otherwise, Gosh. and I've talked to some people who are big fans of this movie, and more power to them. And if you really like Megan, share it with other share it with other people. Um, personally, I'm not a huge fan. There is a second one coming out. There, what are they going to name the third one? It's called Meg Mithrigan 2.0. It's coming out in 2025. I don't even know what they're going to do. <laughs> I really don't know what they're going to do with this movie. Or with the Megan lore, I guess. Mm. Like, there's just going to be more of them. Or I like so. An army. Well, it's because, like, this, the um, the power source, basically, you can replicate. It's like the Allspark from Transformers. Maybe it's just like that. 
Anyway, yeah, this movie movie was not not great. Disappointing. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna move on from Megan to another film called EO, which was directed by um, probably gonna mispronounce the name Jer- Jersey Skit Skolomowski. It's a it's a Polish film, and it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. It's also um, Poland's submission for Interna- Best International Feature Film at the Oscars this year, which it was nominated for. And I should I even bother trying to pronounce the cast names? <laughs> it's like it stars Sandra Dreizamowska, Lorenzo Zer- Zerzolo, Mathis Kaskukiwix, I think. I'm so sorry. And Isabel Hubert. Does it have the uh, names of the donkeys there? Um, does it have the names of the donkeys? Not on, or actually it does. Okay. Yeah, Ia was portrayed by six donkeys. Atora, Ola, Marietta, Mela, Roko, and Taco. So, there's that. And the plot of Io, it's basically about this donkey who works in a circus, but basically gets, like, kicked out, and he goes on this journey to find his way back home, and he discovers, like, how the world is both cruel, but also really um, beautiful at the same time. It's a very simple story. It's uh, it's essentially inspired by um, uh, Al Hassar Balthazar by Robert Bresson, and it's like a road movie from about animals from the perspective of the animals. So, what did you think? I loved it. It blew me away. It I think it's a really what's the word sinister <laughs> take on you know classic you know animal goes through little life vignettes. But a very sad, very moving, very beautiful. Yeah, Eo is a very interesting movie because it's so minimalistic. Like, it feels almost like a silent film at times. Mm-hmm. And the way it approaches sort of like the world through the eyes of the animals is so interesting. It's probably one of the best that I've seen done in a while because not only did we see the whole world from the, from the donkey's perspective, even down to the way the film is shot, this film has some insane cinematography, mm-hmm. especially with not only just the point of view shots, but there's some really, really wide shots where the donkey is just like walking and like it's a real donkey. Like you have to train these animals to like do what you want to do, obviously respectfully, and they did they did that uh, here. The, the animals were trained very well, but still, it's like they they still think on their own, they still move on their own, but the way the shots are composed with the donkey walking around these certain areas it's like really really well done mm-hmm. and really really impressive especially like I've never worked with animals like while filming a movie but I just heard stories like, it's just it's really really difficult so but yeah I think more the exploration of humanity in both good and bad ways is done very well it explores like four different people or I guess six if I'm not mistaken and it just kind of builds and builds up until a very very sad conclusion I don't want to give it away but it's very <laughs> it's kind of soul crushing but but yeah it's, it's a very it's a very impressive cinematic experience and I very much enjoyed it as well definitely I really love the variety and points of view that it would give you you know from his point of view and then suddenly you're wide out looking at him you know the windmill <laughs> oh, the windmill shots gorgeous the the colors that he used in this Ed, I just you know I'm not an acclaimed filmmaker but he's I just never none of this would have ever crossed my mind um, it really blew me away I I guess it, you experimental in some ways 
Yeah, in a, in a way, it is kind of an experimental film, mostly because there's like barely any dialogue. Like, mm-hmm. I if I were to take a guess, the amount of dialogue would probably encompass I don't know, ten minutes, <laughs> if that. And the, the movie's less than an hour and a half long. It's not a very long movie, which is nice. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Like, I think mm-hmm. if this were any longer, then it would be pushing. It would be pushing it to be like, okay, it just feels like it's really padded out mm-hmm. and like slow. It's not a slow movie. It's like very well paced too. Yes, they could, yeah, it definitely could have slogged. Yeah, but as the donkey moves along, we see I guess we it also shows like this like sort of journey as well. Like as we learn more about humanity, we also learn more about the donkey, just like the loneliness and also the fear and isolation and mm-hmm. the curiosity as well. Like if the donkey really feared humanity that much, why would why would he have gone to all these people in the first place? There is this sort of admiration in a way. And sometimes if you go on the right path, you do find like good people. Like the first, who, who's the first person the donkey comes across again? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. It's not outside the circus. Is it? It's not the guy who, with his mom or stepmom, right? No, that's near the end. That's near the end. But um, I, think, I think it's the, um, I think the donkey gets lost in the forest first. Okay. And then... And then, then does he, he goes along. go to the, the, the then, no then then he meets like the the group of children oh, I think and that was like one that's the first instance where we see a good a good person mm-hmm. because the only person that really cares about the donkey is the um, the circus girl mm-hmm. who doesn't want EO EO's name the donkey quite literally he doesn't want EO to leave but I could because the circus owner is not a good person he basically gets ousted and has to live on his own which is very ironic because you know they he's being taken away to you know quote unquote save him which i guess it does but in yeah. doing so it takes him away from the only person that really cares about him exactly and then and then later on about like 20 minutes into the movie um the circus girl comes comes back on like the motorcycle and it's like come 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 home basically but she basically can't the donkey mm-hmm. can't like go anywhere mm-hmm. so there's that and then it just moves along like it's hard to settle on like a narrative for this movie because it is literally just vin- it's vignettes mm-hmm. it's just one person after the other very similar to it's like it's almost like a borderline anthology piece if you were to really sit and think about it, just like these small little snippets of life from from the perspective of one main character that being eo the donkey mm-hmm. um i really i also really like the way music is used in this movie the soundtrack was done by who did the music for this movie um powell mitt Mekitin, I'm like I said, I'm so sorry for mispronouncing <laughs> these names, but he his score is like it's very it's a very dramatic, very powerful mm-hmm. score. Um, a lot of the times it does use that is used for the emotion, but and I know I've complained about this in other movies, like I wasn't really big on how they use that in the whale, for example. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, this is one of the rare times where I feel like that overly emotional like sweeping orchestral score works in its favor because most of the time it's just the donkey the donkey doesn't talk so it's like you need to show that in some way because the donkey also animals in a way like they have expressions but they're not Mm -hmm. as expressive as humans so how are you going to show that emotion clearly unless Mm -hmm. you're an animal person you might not really you're 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 probably not going to understand like what the donkey is even going through so it's not it's one of the only times where i feel like it needed that really moving powerful score to guide the story it doesn't feel like it's a crutch it doesn't feel like it's in place of anything mm-hmm. so that's important yeah i agree the music definitely added 
so much to it. Although I really did think they did an incredible job at, I guess, humanizing. I don't know. <laughs> just making, giving the donkey, you know, expressions close up on his eyes. It just, I don't know. You felt, I, I felt like I was connecting with, with how he was feeling or how the director wanted to portray him feeling. Yeah, and you, you do feel like you're in this world, too. Mm-hmm. Like, this was, I, it takes, it was, it's a Polish film. I assume it was shot in Poland as well. Not, I wouldn't really know, to tell you the truth. But it, you do get a strong sense of the environment. It's very, it's very, it's a very open movie, even though, I, from what I recall, it was shot in, like, a smaller aspect ratio. Not necessarily four, maybe it was four three. It was. It wasn't like it wasn't widescreen though. That I, that I remember clearly, but yeah, it's it still feels very immersive despite the sort of smaller way it's shot and how the donkey just kind of wa- explores like it explores like fields and like mountains at some occasions, but most of the time it's like really cramped though. Mm-hmm. Yet all the shots feel very dynamic and there's like so much going on in the background, especially with the the third the second story with the soccer team mm-hmm. and like the donkey basically becomes like this mascot for this group of like football football fans and then like stuff goes down when the rival team like comes over and the fans like start beating each other up which I like was... that's that's very emblematic like american sports culture right there <laughs> mm-hmm. so i was wondering why he didn't run away the donkey mm-hmm. well i guess especially when you know people were coming for him I... why he just stands there per- perhaps Hmm. I wanted him to run away. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's that's what's so interesting is that like, it, the animal psychology on display is really really strange. Not strange. That's not the word. Because I'm not really much of an animal person. I don't really. I can't really like read what animals think. But I think it's because if we were to go back to the circus scene, Eo was basically treated horribly, and like I'd assume most of those animals are treated horribly based on how the owner is. So he's looking for any sort of like connection with hum- with humans, mm-hmm. and with like the football or soccer fans, they see him as like this mascot, and only for like the team that won because the donkey was like a distraction. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think Eo did that on on purpose to get some sort of attention, and when he does, he's basically he's gratified pretty much. He's he's like a hero in a way. But I guess then, he's used to human connection too. Yeah, he's he's, he's used time. to human connection because he was. He was in the circus and presumably maybe even raised in the circus, like always around people. If you if you weren't born in the wild, then you don't really have that connection with really anyone other besides your own species. So it could it could be that. And then basically, I, I guess this movie's been out for for a bit, so we can kind of go into my spoilers. The donkey gets beaten up by the rival team, mm. which yeah, and there's animal abuse in this movie. So if you don't like that, you probably shouldn't watch this movie okay. if you would if you would like to. No animals were harmed. That's yeah, what no they, animals were harmed. They really drive that home. Which is good because some of the animal, like especially that scene, not only is it very heartbreaking, but it looks very realistic. It did. All, like frightening, re- frighteningly realistic. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that no animals were harmed during this movie. That's very very important. Um, the one story that I thought was probably the strangest was the final one with the step, the stepmother and the son, because basically the third story, Eo comes with comes in contact with like this hitchhiker basically, and then something crazy happens there, and then he goes over to this other guy, who's like a he's like a university student, was it? I, I honestly don't like 
I guess if we're, if we're going to issues with this movie, there's some human characters that are very well defined char- by their characteristics or like what they um, stand in like metaphorically for the story. But then like it's clear in the first half, but then the second half, it seems way more vague, which mm-hmm. was probably the intention just to show like the vagueness, like, okay, what is like good and bad in this world yeah. in a way. But then those feel like more rushed. The first two stories feel more developed to me. Because yeah. also it just shows the donkey going around like by himself. So, but yeah, the final story is a very bizarre twist, which I don't know if I really want to get into because it's it's also dropped really really quickly too. Yeah. To the point where I'm just like, why is this? Why? I remember. What does that mean? I, rem- I you know I saw the trailer a thousand times at film scene. So when I saw him, I'm like, oh well, that's coming, I guess. Oh, that was in the trailer. It was. See, I was fortunate. I didn't see the trailer before I saw the movie in the theater. I saw it afterwards, and I honestly don't remember that being there. I the trailer didn't make clear what it showed you know you know what I mean yeah <laughs> it, I didn't it didn't make clear what exactly was happening but yeah I agree it felt I don't know I don't know if, not rushed but really gave him a lot of characterization and then dropped it and then just got just out. moved on yeah it moved it moved along really quickly if I were to maybe guess like its intention it's probably to show that they're kind of like I was saying there is this vagueness in terms mm-hmm. of like human connection and just like the good and bad of humanity there's this like very weird like twilight zone gray area where it's just like where does this fit like morally because for some people maybe it's seen as like beautiful and for most people it's seen as weird (laughs) so yeah i i don't i not that you were saying vagueness was a was a bad thing i just i i did enjoy the vagueness i guess you know sometimes you know you're dropping people's life something intense happens and then you know you're not always with them all the time so i don't know if you know not that this is an accurate portrayal of things but i I enjoyed it i found it very interesting i wanted uh, to ask what you thought of the how do i say the red scene the red was like the flying scene yeah i i saw that maybe as a perspective of another animal per se like maybe some sort of bird or just just to show like I'm just trying. I'm trying to remember. Does that scene happen after he gets beaten? That's a good question. Because if, if it sure. if it is, maybe that shows him like maybe he's about to like die. Because also if he's seeing red, he's probably it's like his brain is probably like a little like befuddled. I guess maybe he's seeing red. Like because sometimes people see red if they're like incredibly incredibly injured, mm. like to the point of death. Yeah, he was. It ends at the windmill, right? Was so was that before? I'm not sure. That's a good. Yeah, if, if, it, if, if it was after, after the, the scene where he gets beaten, then, mm-hmm. that would, then that would be very interesting. Maybe if it was before when he's in the forest, he's, it's just to show like the sense of like, like isolation and loneliness that he has to the point where he can't even like identify where he is, even though he's, he's technically in his element. He's in the wild. Mm-hmm. He's in the forest. So Yeah, I don't know what it means, but I enjoyed it. I'm always very impressed when something non-narrative you know, evokes yeah such a you know sense of wonderment it's difficult to do i assume yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad this was also nominated for um best international feature film at the oscars it's probably not gonna win unfortunately because all, all quiet on the western front which i personally prefer this movie overall quiet um i'll be honest because this is very different and it's not the only movie to do this sort of like animal perspective film mm-hmm. um todd salons did a 
did a movie called Wiener Dog, which I don't know if you've seen, but I have not. very similar in terms of how it's about four different groups of people interacting with the Wiener Dog. That one had a bit more to do with the human characters and not really about the animals or the animals to the point where you kind of forgot that the ant that the dog is even like really a part because it's very much focused on the humans. But it's a, it's definitely an interesting idea to do. Like I really like these sort of films where it shows worlds through the through the eyes of animals, mm. just because we don't have that experience, and that's really something that can only be done through filmmaking. So it also gives it just an innate sense of innocence mm -hmm. that they just didn't even have to do anything for it. It's just automatically there. Yeah, it's, and, that, and that alone kind of makes it a little more frightening mm -hmm. in a way just because... He's so vulnerable. Vulnerable and it's like... Like especially if you're... if I, Donkeys are definitely not predators in any way. They're pretty... I mean, I guess they're, they're kind of stubborn but they're not like threatening mm -hmm. animals at least basically. I think he gets someone, and, doesn't he? Does he? I think he might. I think he does, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, you know, not like self-defense, like probably. Yeah, it's more self-defense, but it's like it's not like a lion or a tiger no, where no. like attacks prey or anything. So, yeah, it's just, it's just the world is different through the eyes of animals. And that's just really, really interesting. Yeah, we're going to transition into a PSA and we'll be right back with more Biju Banter. Welcome back to Biju Banter. We're continuing our conversation on EO. I did have a very important question for you. Yep. Um, best donkey of the year, Banshees, or, oh. you know, <laughs> or I, I guess Jenny. Jenny from or Banshees or EO from EO. I would say EO, just because EO. I agree. Let's go. I'm not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to say that animals aren't characters, but in Banshees of Inishirin, Jenny just is kind of there, except for the one scene. Um, but EO, it, it's interesting because like EO is definitely the main character of this movie mm -hmm. and there's there's only four credited human characters on the on the wikipedia i think on the imdb there's like there's like six and the rest of them are just considered extras mm -hmm. it's like it's such a small cast but there's no um there's really no main human character you think that certain characters are going to come back but they never do mm -hmm. which is also kind of frightening just because like once once animals are kind of out of humans lives unless they're like a pet they just kind of don't exist anymore which so. i i mean i guess i did enjoy it while i was watching it but i don't know you know most movies you know characters come back things are resolved but that's not very lifelike yeah not not to get into this to the spoilers of the film's finale but it's just it's very grim and also just signifies that they're really it's almost like a cycle in a way and the fact that just the world is so cruel that even when there is good the the bad often overtakes which, if we were to observe this from the human perspective, there's various other like people and companies and on this planet that definitely exemplify that to the degree. So, yeah, it's just sim simple little film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was not expecting. I'm very glad film scene was playing. I was not <laughs> expecting to. Well, I I did want to see it because mm -hmm. I saw the trailer, but to love it as much as I did, I saw it I'm like wow, it was number one, and then I saw Tar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> then I saw Tar. <laughs> I I heard about this movie, um, when when it won the it won the jury prize at Cannes Film Festival last year. Mm. That was always just on my radar. Just and when I heard the story, I'm just like, that's really really interesting. Like it doesn't seem like it's gonna change the way I looked at movies, but it's just a very interesting idea for a story, and it's executed very well. It's but 
and it could so easily this is one of those movies that i think if in the wrong hands could have been like extremely monotonous and dull mm-hmm. but it really isn't like it, it, it kept my attention the entire time because it's presented in such an interesting and unique way mm-hmm. um i will say i do believe this um eo was definitely worthy sorry <laughs> Our, uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, e- EO was nominated for, um, like I said, Best International Feature on a technical category. I really think this could have gone for a cinematography nomination. I thought so as well. I was looking down the list and I was fuming that it wasn't sweeping every category. I mean, I guess I don't know the Oscar rules, but no, I mean it's not 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 really rules with that. I think they just, it just got overlooked. Cinematography this year was really good, but the Oscar somehow chose like the worst nominees for the cinematography category, which. I don't want to get into now because we might be saving that for another time. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think what helped is the fact that it has such a interesting um, presentation, filmmaking wise, um, music wise, directing wise too. Because it could have easily been shot like really boringly. I yeah. think like there's not many films like with animals showing the perspective from that. Like going back to Wiener Dog, for example, Wiener Dog never ever shows like has a perspective shot like of the dog's point of view it's always from like a human side of it but this one it really like even down to the lens too i don't know what lens they use to shoot some of these scenes but it looks like they literally strapped the camera to one of the donkeys and just like running around hmm. so it's, it's impressive yeah they they need to get their opinions out. i guess so someone's disagreeing Apparently someone is, for those that can't hear on the Beige website end, someone keeps calling on the phone line, and I don't understand why. I hated the cinematography. <laughs> I guess someone didn't like EO. Some, yeah, someone likes Jenny better. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree, going back to what you said about the music. I, I haven't watched it in a few weeks, but there was one part that reminded me. Did you see Last and First Men? Yes, I did. There was one part that, you know, it was really just, it really comes in. Bombast. Bombast. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. well, That's exactly the word for it. Well, it's, it's more so in near the end. I, rem- I, I remember mostly it was in the, well, I remember the score in the, in the very first shot with the circus. Really impressive, just like um, overhead shot of the circus ring mm-hmm. and like ominous type of music, which is mostly carried out throughout the movie. Then the second half has like little to no music from what I recall. And then, especially in the last, the last scene, where's where it really just escalates. So, I guess kind of like the tension of the of the film's story, the music also does that too, which only makes the last scene hurt even more because you think the donkey's gonna go back home. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm. But I guess that's just our optimistic minds thinking like, oh, it's gonna be a happy ending, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize what the ending was. I don't know. I guess I was just out of it. I was kind of out of it that day. And so maybe that enhanced my viewing because I was just kind of whoa. It, but um, I don't know. I've worked a lot. Whatever. It's, al- it's also but. an instance where the the abruptness of the ending is more emotionally effective because go- going back to Megan, Megan has a very abrupt ending that seems like so much more had to be resolved. Yes. And just because the movie just kind of like stops. It's one of those movies where yeah, there's no conclusion. It just stops. Yeah. EO is a movie that stops. But it's for something. It's for mm-hmm. that lasting impact. Yeah. And yeah, like, I remember when I saw in the theater, just like it was like dead silence, and just like yeah. I think someone behind me was just like, "What? That's it?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't think they disliked it, but they're just like, "There's got to be more than that." Like you can't just end the movie like that. Mm-hmm. 
I guess, yeah, I guess everything in that movie just stops. And so that's why it's all the more impressive that it's still... It feels very satisfying. Well, it's not only satisfying, but it's, like, coherent. Yes. Because, like, even the individual vignettes with the human characters, there's no conclusion to any of them. There's no, like, satisfaction. Like, it's almost like the camera just, like, they, like, the battery died, and they just, like, didn't bother to reshoot it. (laughs) So, it's, like, it's interesting, like, how any other movie, it would be seen as clumsy, but for this story, it works more in its favor. Probably to show that because sometimes life has no conclusion. Life just stops at the most unexpected ways. Yeah. <laughs> like That's something to chew on. <laughs> exactly. Like some sometimes it just ends. There's no like there's nothing sometimes people don't change. Sometimes events don't wrap up. It just kind of ends. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad day. <laughs> yeah, you do you have anything else to add for EO or should we go into final thoughts? Um I think final thoughts. Alright. You want would you like to start? <laughs> Sure. I, yeah, once again, blew me away cinematography-wise, score-wise, lighting-wise, animal-wise. <laughs> Incredible donkey. Or six of them. Love all six of those donkeys. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, you know, may deserve, have deserved a little more acclaim. I mean, for goodness sakes, it's probably not at 93 on Rotten Tomatoes like some <laughs> other movies we could mention. Well, this does have a 96. Percent. Oh, it does? Yeah, so it has oh, a... Oh, thank goodness. So Ooh, it has okay. a higher percentage. Oh, God. Faith in humanity restored. <laughs> EO did not restore my faith in humanity, but its score did. <laughs> yeah, this... EO is really, really great. It's a really great movie. It's a different type of movie, and it's also one that... I think it does, in a way, kind of give you a different perspective on what could be done with filmmaking, like from a story perspective, from a from a cinematography perspective. And what's great is that it doesn't. It's not obviously it's clear what the message is. It doesn't feel very heavy-handed though. It's mm-hmm. mostly giving you an emotional experience in the end that is surprisingly satisfying, surprisingly coherent, and just overall extremely well made and told. Um, I really, really liked it. I would love for this to win Best um, International Feature, even though it's probably not going to. That and that's only because Decision to Leave is still not nominated. I'm, I'm, I will, I'm sorry, I will never ever get over that snub. Um, but yeah, it's a great movie. It's currently streaming on Criterion Channel. If any of you subscribe to that, and it's also available to rent on VOD. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I'll go nine, nine out of ten. Right on. And that concludes this episode of Bijou Banter. Tune in next week where we are going to be discussing the Oscar nominations for the 95th Academy Awards as well as giving our predictions on what we think will take the win. Oh my gosh. So until next time, I've been Matthew. And I've been Grace. And we will see you all next time. Bye-bye.